1: I'm also found at Kate Campbell, AUS, on Insta.
0: And I'm Owen Rask, AU, on Insta.
1: Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just
0: one final heads up before we get into the show this podcast contains general financial information only. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast.
1: It is good to be back and happy Friday, Owen.
0: Happy Friday, indeed, to you and to everyone listening to this on the Friday. If you're listening to it on a Saturday, happy Saturday as well. Um, Today, we're doing a bit of a monthly macroeconomics update, a bit of an economic update for folks.
1: Yeah, because we get a lot of questions about what's going on and what all the headlines actually mean to us because there is a lot of noise. We tell people to sort of steer clear of all the noise to not make instant portfolio changing decisions based off the headline they saw in the, the AFR or ABC this morning. So we thought we'd pick a few of the headlines, break down some of the numbers and give you an update of what's been going on over the last month. And hopefully, if it if it works, we'll keep doing it every month.
0: Yeah, if you like it, let us know. Use uh, Send us a message on Instagram, Twitter. X, whatever it's called these days, or just use the the link in your, your podcast player, which says, ask a question. You can select the Australian Finance Podcast and leave us some feedback. It doesn't have to be for questions. You can just get in contact with us there. But yeah, we this is the first one. So we figured maybe for today, we will provide an update of not just what's happened in the last month and what are the things that people should know, but also to zoom out a bit and, and focus on 2023 at large. And uh, the purpose of this, if I'm not mistaken, Kate, is like, we just want people to- kind of filter out some of some of the noise or a lot of the noise and just focus on like the major things that matter. If you're investing, if you're in the property market, whether you're looking to buy or you own a property, if you're heading for retirement, just like all of those stages of life, which are really mm-hmm. important, we just kind of want to filter down the things that are coming across our desk and what's actually important.
1: Yep. Sounds good to me. So, I guess, to kick things off, Owen, what's been happening in the world of finance this year? I know you had some headline numbers to throw at us.
0: Yeah, we know that podcasts aren't really about numbers because it kind of gets lost. Uh, you're like, what did he just say? But uh, I just want to run through these numbers. And I think it gives a good sense for people to actually stop and think about where we are because there's a lot of negativity in the world right now. Like, And some of it's justified. Some of it probably isn't. Um, we know that there's war in Ukraine. Uh, it's been going on for over a year now, um, and now war has broken out in the Gaza Strip in Israel. Uh, and so, you know, there's just so many things for people to be negative about. We had a referendum recently, which some people were disappointed about, and oftentimes it just feels like things are worse than you than they say than they actually are. Sorry, and. Of course, things can be really bad and we're not taking away from any of that, but just strictly looking through the lens of finance, here's an update of how the year has gone so far. So if we look at the NASDAQ 100, that's the US stocks like NDQ, if you invest in that is up 35%. Now, if you think about that, the NASDAQ 100, that's mainly mainly tech stocks, but there's some other stuff in there. you got like Facebook, Apple, that sort of stuff. But you've also got things, I think, further down like Costco and all that. Um, But then if you zoom out and you go the S&P 500, which is the IVV ETF, that's like 500 stocks as opposed to 100, still in the United States, that's only up 19%. Now, what's really interesting is if you exclude what we're now calling, it used to be called fang and now we're calling it the Magnificent Seven, which is like Nvidia, Meta, Apple, Google, et cetera. If you exclude those stocks, the S&P 500 in the US is actually flat to negative. So it goes to show that these m- massive companies, these big tech companies are basically doing all of the heavy lifting for the stock market. So imagine if you didn't invest in those where mm-hmm. you'd be. So that's the US market, very strongly positive. In the yeah, UK, the we were, FTSE, sorry, sorry gone.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, I remember when you sort of quizzed me in the office the other day about how much I thought the US market had gone up this year, I did not realise how much it had.
0: Yeah, well, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot again. I'm just going to bring it up on my computer right now. Here's another question for you. How much do you think Facebook or Meta, as it's called these days, which owns WhatsApp, Instagram, and the core Facebook Messenger and Facebook.com, how much do you reckon Facebook is up or down just since the beginning of the year? So since January, how much is it up or down?
1: Maybe 30 to 50%.
0: So the stock is actually up 150%. At the time of recording, it is up exactly (laughs) 150.00%. How? Why? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people (laughs) think, right, that like Facebook is dying and Facebook is dead, hashtag delete Facebook. And for a time it seemed like that, like last year it seemed like that. But one of the things that they've done is that Google's done as well, like a lot of people called for the death of Facebook and Google when ChatGPT came out because you can find answers quickly with ChatGPT or barred. What they've actually done is they've used AI, which they've been building for years. And I, I spoke about this with Drew last weekend on the Investors Podcast. Some people need to remember that you can go back like to 2016, 2017. There was a famous presentation at one of the Google events um, by Sundar Pichai, who is the CEO of Google. And he demonstrated the Google voice assistant. And the voice assistant was able to uh, make calls on your behalf to a hair salon or to a Chinese restaurant and make a booking for you. All you'd have to say is, "Okay, Google, call the local Chinese shop, make me a booking for seven people at 6 p.m." and it would call for you, talk to the person, and all this stuff. That was AI in real life, like there was a language model there. But basically, what's in effect happening is the 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 big tech companies have adapted to use AI in a way that benefits them. So more viral videos on uh, Instagram, better images on Facebook, more relevant posts and these types mm. of things. So you're now able to use all that platform and get a better experience, which is great for their profits. Uh, so that's the first thing that we're seeing in the United States. The second thing is in the UK, the FTSE 100, which is the biggest stocks in the UK, it's down 3%. So that's down 3%. The ASX is roughly flat to negative here in Australia. So the UK and Australia, both pretty negative, not including dividends. Chinese stocks or Hong Kong listed stocks, which basically the same thing, down 15% this year. So that includes some big names. Like you would think of things like Baidu and these types of businesses and a lot of great Chinese companies all down. Australian bonds down 2%, global bonds down 3%. Um, The gold... ETF from VanEck, which is NUG, uh, the same could be said for um, the Global X ETF, GOLD, that's up 14%. And in one month since the Israel-Gaza crisis has unfolded, it's up 7%. So just in one month, up 7%. Bitcoin in US dollars, up 113%. And the Australian dollar versus US is down 7%. So basically, what we've seen is we see the US stocks rallied ahead. Basically, every other stock market around the world is negative or flat. You can get an ING savings account for five at 5% for a year or term deposit. Bonds are down. The only things that have gone up really, other than US stocks, is Bitcoin and gold. And gold has only really gone up in the last month or so since this whole thing's unfolded. And so Basically, what has happened, Kate, is if you thought at the beginning of the year after a really tough 2022, you thought, well, you know, things are pretty bad. It's not a good time to invest. And you Mm. took your money out of the market. Well, you've missed potentially a 35% rally in the NASDAQ and 20% rally in the S&P 500 of U.S. stocks. But here's the other thing. If you're investing over there, it's obviously in U.S. dollars as well. So our falling currency has actually benefited you by investing in the US. And so the the broad lesson here is twofold. Number one, the stock market and investing in general is not the economy. So even though things could be bad in the economy, the stock market can still go up because the stock market is looking to the future, not the past. And the future almost always looks brighter, even if one year is pretty negative. The other thing is diversification. If you only own US stocks or you only own Chinese stocks, or you only own had cash in the bank, you're not going to get ahead uh, each and every year. At least you're not going to slowly march forward. Sure, you could have some money and everything. You could still have a negative year. But if you diversify across all of these different things, you would still come out ahead. And that's the key inside. It's like diversification basically means you won't ever do best, better than your best position, and you won't ever do worse than your worst position. You're going to be somewhere in the middle. And I think that's the kind of key takeaway from all of these numbers that I'm just throwing at you, Kate.
1: And that's probably the good reminder of looking at some of these different asset classes is how important diversification is and that we shouldn't be just putting all of our money into one single investment, one single country, one single type of thing like technology.
0: Yeah, well, a good example of this is like everyone says how China and what we call emerging markets, so like parts of Asia and South America, mm-hmm. and even parts of Africa. To be honest, we say that these economies are growing really fast. Like, I recently went to Bali. The last time I was there was 20 years ago as a kid. Um, and the the it's just an island, Bali, but it's part of Indonesia, and that the country has grown rapidly, like incredibly fast, in terms of its uh, technology adoption, in terms of its GDP in terms of everything it's education everything yet if you were to just look at the say the chinese market this year and you say well china is growing as the second superpower it's going to grow faster than everything else in the in the in the world but then the stocks fall 15% like you can see right there that if you just bet the house on china obviously that would have been a very very bad idea and so we see this that from one year to the next, it's almost impossible to predict which one is going to do well. You might say longer term China is going to grow, which is probably fair to say, and the Chinese stocks will do pretty well. But who knows what happens in 2023 and who knows what's going to happen just in 2024? And I'll give you an example. I think that if you're an investor, especially towards retirement, you want to have bonds in your portfolio in 2024. You can do that through the two most popular ETFs, which is VAF, uh, I, IAF. Sorry. Uh, which is the Australian bonds, and VBNDs, the global bonds. You can just have a small amount of money in those. And even though they had a pretty bad 2023, I actually think 2024 could be better for them if interest rates fall. So um, having some exposure to these things at certain times will be good and sometimes it'll be bad, but overall you're getting an average of those. So that's the stock market and the vesting side of your portfolio, but there's a whole other side that we should probably talk about.
1: Yeah, I guess bringing it back home, if we're thinking about the Australian economy and just every day, what's happening to our jobs, what's happening for pay rises, what's happening for our mortgages or our rents, like what do we need to know there?
0: Yeah, so um, the thing that will send a shiver down the spine of anyone that has a mortgage like you or I, Kate, is the prospect of further interest rate increases because interest rate increases means that You're going to pay more in your mortgage, which means you're saving less, and it could put you under more stress than you already are. And the unfortunate reality of that is, if you have higher interest rates, it also means people that are renting typically end up paying more on in their rent because, even though there's a bunch of other factors at play at the moment, if the landlord is paying more, typically they pass that on to the renter, maybe not straight away, but maybe in coming months, and so what everyone is looking at here in Australia right now is actually whether or not interest rates could go up before the end of the year so we're recording this obviously in early November next week there could be a decision to increase interest rates now I don't know for sure what's going to happen but that's currently the expectation is that interest rates could go up a little bit more from here personally like if I'm just staring into my crystal ball I would say that that's I would say it's less likely, that we have a Mm -hmm. lot of interest rate increases over the next year. Because if you look around, people are hurting, like household budgets are hurting. Um, So I'll give you the best example of this, and there'll be a link to it in the show notes, is um, during COVID, because people couldn't spend money, um, they couldn't go on their overseas trip, they couldn't go out to a restaurant, they wouldn't buy like a brand new car, for example. People were saving a lot of money. And there's a figure that we look at in investing called the household savings ratio. So just, you could do this yourself for your own budget. Like how much money do you save as a percentage of your income? That's it. Like what's your monthly income? How much do you save of that uh, in a percentage? And during COVID for the average Australian house, that was 25%. So a quarter of every dollar was being saved. Now, it's 3.2%. This is the lowest level of savings that we've seen in Australia since 2008, which many of us are old enough to remember. That was the global financial crisis, like a serious, serious credit crisis and recession for many parts of the world. That it, We're basically at that level of household savings. So even if interest rates haven't, well, even if interest rates haven't had the effect that in the RBA wants to slow down the economy, people and households are still hurting, which eventually means that they're going to stop spending at restaurants. They're not going to buy, you know, the the brand new television. They might put off buying that new iPhone. And eventually that slows down the economy. And so that's probably the thing that I see is I think interest rates are working. They're just not working as well because what's happening is that as interest rates have gone up, It means that retirees and typically wealthier older people who have accumulated assets, fair enough to them, they're actually earning 5% on the ING account. They're earning 5% on their term deposit. So those bigger balances, they're able to still go and eat at Chin Chin or go down Mm -hmm. to the local RSL and, and grab, you know, not just the seniors menu but the full menu now, right? And that's great for them but it just means that it's not having the impact that you would typically associate with rising interest rates. And there's one final thing that I'll put on here is that unemployment is very low. So the amount of people that are looking for work is very, very low because they're they're basically like everyone's we're near full employment. Like I think it was, I can't remember the exact figure, but it was very low. So this is the quote that I've got. I think it's from Kate Lamb of the Australian Bureau of Statistics. They said, this is for September information. They said, With employment increasing slightly by around 7,000 people and the number of unemployed people falling by around 20,000, the unemployment rate fell to 3.6% in September. It is important to remember that that a fall in unemployment does not always mean much higher employment. The fall in the unemployment rate in September mainly reflected a higher proportion of people moving from being unemployed to not in the labor force. So that could be like retirements all that sort of stuff, Mm. like where they're no longer looking for work, uh, they don't need to. And so basically what this means, Kate, to break it down for everyone is the economy is actually in a very strong position, even though household budgets are not in a very strong position. And so there's like a tale of two worlds. You've got like the the percentage that's cashed up and the percentage that have mortgages. Very, Very Two very different stories that are being told.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because you think unemployment being low is a really good thing, but then we're maybe not getting pay rises as quickly to keep pace with inflation. So then we're struggling with cost of living right now.
0: Yeah. And that's the risk that, that's why interest rates would go up is to stop people getting huge wage increases Mm. Uh, and then that in then in turn causing more inflation, which then requires more wage increases, which then requires more, you know, and it just keeps going back and back and back and forth. And so what Darby will try to do is it will try to basically, I think, is that typically what we see is they'll come out and say, we're worried about inflation. We're going to try and, you know, put the, the brake on. And that will be enough to scare people not to, try and force themselves into a pay rise or spend extra when they go out shopping or something like that. And so in effect, they might be able to slow or cool down the economy simply by saying that interest rates could go up um, Mm -hmm. rather than actually putting them up. And that might be one of the things that actually helps um, because at the moment, like I can say for myself, like my mortgage has gone up a huge amount, right? And I'm not spending as much as I was once before because I simply can't do that. It's just not mathematically possible. And so, you know, if interest rates went up again, it's not necessarily me that's going to be, you know, cooling down the economy. It's got to be someone else. And so, if they put it up again, that would just be more reason for someone that does have a bigger cash balance, like a retiree, for example, to go and spend again um, because it's not, it actually has the opposite effect for them. So, anyway, I think just to conclude this episode, we didn't mm. want it to go on for too long. Um, But there are some things that you can take away from this month. Uh, The first thing is there's a lot of negative things in the world right now, so please just don't read the headlines and then make a financial investment decision. Like, don't go and like read one headline or two headlines and then be like, "War equals bad for my finances," therefore I'm going to sell everything. Remember, the stock market has gone up on average, on average, over 10% per year for over 100 years, and in that time we've had some wars and terrible things have happened, um, but the stock market is not the economy and it's not the news headlines. So just try and avoid that. The second thing is the stock market tends to be forward looking. So you're betting on a better future, not the past. And so mm. as a default, you should almost always be invested. Even if the stock market could fall, you're almost better always being better, in, better off invested. Some day-to-day action steps is cut costs wherever you can. If you are like myself or like Kate, where you do have a mortgage and you're thinking, well, let's cut costs, um, this is probably the best and first point of call for you. Second of all- some, um,
1: I should probably just add ahead. we've got some lots of helpful tips because saying cut, cut costs without um, any strategies is quite challenging. So we've got some links to episodes yeah. where we discuss practical tips in the show notes.
0: Yeah. Good one. And um, there'll be more coming up as well and ways to save and and these types of things in the coming weeks. So, stay tuned for those. Uh, but basically, we're looking for um, easy wins with money, like ways that you can maybe, maybe just instead of shopping at one place, you shop at another, but you get kind of the same product and you just might have to make a sacrifice in that way. Uh, the second thing is we always say avoid high interest debt. So, this is like credit cards or personal loans. So, maybe you could sell that extra car or motorbike or the boat that's on finance or something like this and just ease the the family balance sheet. And the reason I say this is because we always say avoid high interest debt, but high interest debt is actually really high right now. So it would almost be like saying avoid really high interest debt because the rate on a credit card right now is so much higher than it was even two years ago because interest Mm -hmm. rates have gone up. So it's an even better reason to avoid that right now. Um, you mentioned pay rises, if you can, if you're in a position, put forward a case to get a pay rise. Um, build that kind of like build out your CV, make yourself uh, indispensable at work. Um, two more positive things is all of these things combined, it sounds negative, but it actually shows in the data that the stock market has gone up and so on and so forth. Just be ready to act, be ready to invest, be ready for the good times to follow because they will. And finally, even if you can't invest as much as what you previously were able to, like me, I'm very happy to put my hand up and say I can't invest as much as I was one, two, three, four, five years ago, simply because my costs have gone up. You can still learn for free. Like You can take one of our free courses. Um, You can read. You can pick up a book from your local library. Uh, You can listen to podcasts. You can do all of these things and keep compounding your knowledge because this too shall pass, like the the negative headlines will pass and you can keep that knowledge with you for lifetime, um, which is really, really important. And finally, um, we do have a webinar coming up. So you can attend a webinar uh, through the upcoming launch of our new service called Rask Invest. It's a free webinar. There'll be a link in the show notes to learn more about that. Um, not a hard sell, but if you want to learn about it, you can. It's happening in the next two weeks. So check that out. But Kate, I think... I've rambled for long enough about what's going on in the economy.
1: Wonderful. Well, it was good to get an update and we'll bring you back next month uh, (laughs) to see what's happened over the past month and see what actually happens with the interest rate rises, if there is any next week. Um, But we'll put plenty of links and practical things that you can do with your finances right now. Those easy wins Owen mentioned in the show notes.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. And um, if you like this segment, let us know. I know I did ramble for a bit, but if you do like more like kind of like what's happening in the world, um, please yeah, let us know because we just want to serve you with better information. And this episode is all about trying to cut through all that noise and all the headlines and just focus, focus on what's really happening. Um, and I forgot I didn't mention property prices, but property prices look like they're going to be up for the year, near all-time highs. So who would have thought that too? So incredible things happening in the in economy versus the versus the stock market and investing. Um, it's a tale of two stories there as well. So, uh, Kate, this was heaps of fun. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone.